The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As Eamon mentioned there, uh, first and foremost on everybody's minds, I think is the passing of Vicky Phelan, uh, aged just 48 years old, a woman who left an indelible mark on Irish society. Uh, Eamon mentioned the Scally report. We are in just a moment going to speak to Dr. Gabriel Scally. Uh, but first, I, I think it is right that we hear from Vicky Phelan herself. In 2018, the day after uh, the first aspects of that report were published, Vicky was in this very studio on this show on the hard shoulder uh, speaking to Ivan she talked a little bit about what happened to her her own experience and the concerns that were raised in the report take a listen you know I have always advocated screening from the very get go when this came out even though what happened to me was awful I still don't want to see women getting cervical cancer and I have a 13 year old daughter who actually will be you know eligible for the HPV vaccine next year so it's in my best interest to have a screening program that we can trust so what he has recommended to me, will help to allay some of the fears that people have about the screening programme and build the trust. And I know there are people and, and there are some women, you know, within the group who will not be happy with this because they're angry and I don't blame them. I really don't. I mean, you know, at the very beginning, I was exactly the same. You know, I was looking for accountability and I suppose I got some of it with Tony O'Brien stepping aside and Ronya Flannelly stepping down. But for me, when I got this report yesterday and... I read about the absolute, uh, you know, omni shambles that the cervical check was really. Uh, and, you know, Scully said it himself, they were doomed to fail. You know what I mean? That it was going to happen at some stage. This bit, and he did actually kind of prepare me for it because um, he wasn't sure actually that, uh, you know, when we were there, the three of us yesterday, myself and Stephen Teep and Lorraine Walsh, Gabriel knew that one of the lab that I sued was CPL but he didn't know that one of Lorraine Walsh's smears went to CPL the same year mine went and one of Stephen's wife's smears went to CPL in 2010 there was three of us yesterday in that room And were you aware of the subcontracting to Honolulu? Not at all this was total news to us and uh, you know we, we were sitting there we were gobsmacked you know we we, we we said to him, how did you find this out, you know? And he said, well, this is the reason for the delay with my report. He said, you know, it just came to light when we started looking at uh, the labs. They went to visit these labs. Now, he went to visit the lab in the Coombe and then Karen Denton, who was one of the cytopathologists who he had working with and went to visit the ones in the States with one of the investigators from Crow, where he, he, he was based. And they discovered, because um, actually when I started reading the background to CPL, I said, first thing I said before we even got into the meat of it, I said, how could they be analysing all these smears with 35 cytopathologists and 10? And he just smirked and he said, read on, Vicky, you know. And uh, that that is what and triggered was, it. was Keane, your solicitor, shocked about that? Because he went through the whole court process, which involves discovery. Yeah. And that was concealed, was it? This was concealed from everybody, Ivan. Cervical check didn't even know this. This is the, 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 the issue here is nobody knew that these were being outsourced again once they went to the States. Because I know, and I can talk freely about this because my case is closed, when my smear result came back, and I, I mean, you know, I've looked in all of my documentation and I went through it with a fine tooth comb myself, never mind my solicitor. And on my result that I got back, it clearly said that this smear was analysed in Austin, Texas, not Honolulu, not Las Vegas, not, you know, wherever else they were sent. Yeah, that was Vicky Feeden speaking in this studio on this very show in 2018, when the first aspects of the Scali report were published the author of that report and Professor of Public Health at the University of Bristol, Gabriel Scali, joins me now. Gabriel, you're very welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time. Before we talk about the report and findings in 
your own experience and memories of Vicky Feeling. I'm sure, like everybody today, your thoughts are, are primarily with Jim and Amelia and Dara and, and her wider family. She was such a... She loved her family so much. And um, I know they will be devastated by her passing. And she was great at, you know, bringing people close to her and holding them and helping them and uh, holding them in her heart, you know. And, and she cared enormously. And that came through everything she did. And she managed somehow to combine that warmth and caring with a, a, a steely determination uh, to get what was right and just, and particularly around openness and honesty and uh, get change. She was driven by change, and it comes through in that interview there that uh, she wasn't that interested in heads rolling, which is all too often uh, something that, that, that when things go wrong, they want to know whose head's going to roll. Vicky wasn't that interested in that aspect. She wanted to know, could the system be improved and made better and made safe for the women of Ireland? And that's what her legacy is, that that uh, constant concern about the health of the women of Ireland. And I think that has changed things dramatically in the last number of years. Uh, the, the system that failed her, the system that you investigated, as she said, you described at the time as, as have, having been doomed to failure. Remind us why that was your assessment. Well, Vicky illustrated uh, one of the most uh, dreadful things, I think, really, that that we uncovered, which was that the slides of Irish women were being sent all over the place to laboratories. Uh, Two of the laboratories that dealt with uh, the slides of Irish women only had one person working on cytopathology in that laboratory, one person working alone. That's two in two separate laboratories. We couldn't visit the, all of the laboratories because some of the laboratories weren't there anymore. They'd shut down. Uh, the, some of the circumstances of their staffing were very strange indeed. And uh, all of that was unknown to cervical check. And cervical check weren't doing the right uh, quality assurance visits, the ones that they should have been doing. And even when they uh, did go in the earlier days, they didn't find out that all of this stuff was going on. Uh, The labs weren't even meeting the accreditation standards that they were meant to be meeting according to the contracts that cervical check signed. So that's just one example of how the system really was in not in great shape. And then when you combine that with the audit that took place, and it was a very badly designed audit. And when eventually, thanks to Vicky, uh, women were actually told the truth about uh, the discrepancy in the, the readings of their slides some years ago, and then when they were reassessed in the knowledge that they had cancer. And they, some of the women were told in an absolutely dreadful way by the doctors involved. And some of the doctors had hidden things from them and uh, lied to them. And all of that came out and Vicky wanted it put right so that that sort of treatment of women in the Irish healthcare system wouldn't happen again. It, it, it revealed, and your report into it, it's that it revealed that paternalistic attitude, you know, there was still such a strong, st- strong streak of it. There was that the doctor knows best that uh, uh, will not tell you about this thing potentially having gone, gone wrong because it might upset you. And it'd be better for you not to be upset. You know, that that was the sort of attitude. And uh, those attitudes have no place in modern day healthcare. And neither has an attitude that doesn't allow uh, for 
when things go wrong, not just that truth telling, but actually doing something about it and the restoration process and investigation and openness and all of that stuff. So you end up, like Vicky Phelan ended up, having to go to the High Court and put herself through uh, some of the dreadful uh, aspects of the court processes, which is really a gladiatorial system. Mm. And uh, when I met her the first time, she told me that she and her husband were preparing themselves for... uh, had been preparing themselves to go into the witness box and have to talk about the effect that uh, Vicky's cervical cancer had on their sex lives. Now, what way is that to treat a patient who really just wants to know, did something go wrong with my care or did it not? Yeah, I mean, as well as kind of shining and maybe unwelcome light for some on on aspects and elements of the the medical profession, the, the legal profession too and how these cases were run and settled in the past. I mean, we wouldn't know about Vicky Phelan, had she not told those on the other side to go stuff their non-disclosure agreement? Indeed, but we shouldn't end up there. Things go wrong in healthcare all the time. Every day there are mistakes and error. And the way of dealing with them is not to wait for uh, someone to uh, discover it, a patient to discover it, often by accident to discover it, or uh, not even have the opportunity for that patient to make a complaint to get the truth. Because patients only want three things, really, when things go wrong. They want to know the truth about what went wrong. If there was an error, and if it did cause them some harm or potential harm, they would like someone to say sorry, and preferably someone with skin in the game, you know, a, a, a clinician involved in the care. But most of all, and Vicky was a great example of this, most patients where things go wrong, they want it never to happen to anyone else. Mm. And if you do those three things for patients, well, then you don't end up in the high court. You you don't end up in in the arms of the lawyers and, and with litigation as your only route forward. And that's, I think, the big challenge now for uh, the country is to get a system where we can deal with errors that happen. And they happen in every healthcare system world, but we've got to deal with them in a, with grace and compassion. And I, I'm not sure, are we there yet? Are we closer to that on foot of your report and the implementation of recommendations? Well, I, I, I'm reporting on that within the next couple of weeks back to the minister, so I don't want to say too much mm. about that. But I, 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 what I can say is the cervical screening system is in far better shape now than it was. And uh, we are very satis- satisfied, myself and my colleagues who have been working on that, with the, the quality of the screening system that is in place now, the service that is available to women now. And I think women have kind of a great deal of confidence in it. And it's, uh, you know, it's ironic that Vicky should die this week on Thursday. It's uh, World Day for the Eradication of Cervical Cancer. And that was a goal she was absolutely signed up for. And it's one that I think Ireland could achieve. Um, it's a great place to achieve, could achieve and should achieve. The eradication of cervical cancer would be a great thing. Uh, one listener's already gotten in touch. Really striking to hear that clip of Vicky uh, speaking on the show. Her family should be proud of the work she did to make doctors more accountable for their actions and for holding people to account. Uh, Gabriel, we appreciate your time and thank you so much for speaking to us. Lisa Chambers is with us as well, the Fianna Fáil uh, senator. Uh, Lisa, I mean, in, in terms of a legacy, it's hard to imagine one more positive and more profound than the one that Gabriel described there, a screening system that is now more reliable, more robust and one that women can have more confidence in. Because, I mean, the consequence of that is a screening system that saves more lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose at the outset, I just want to, you know, acknowledge that 
it was a very difficult day for Vicky's family, for Amelia, for Dara, for Jim and all of her family and friends, just to send my, my condolences. Um, you know, look, Vicky Phelan was a force of nature. Her legacy is is immense and far-reaching and it, it goes beyond what, what Dr. Scally said. I mean, the fact that we can say for absolute certainty that because of her work and her advocacy and really importantly, her decision at a time of inc- incredible vulnerability not to sign that non-disclosure agreement and to blow the lid on the cervical check scandal. You know, we have a better screening programme now and women have been empowered to advocate for the best healthcare and her work has saved lives and will continue to save lives. And, you know, it's an incredible legacy that she has left behind for her family and for, for all of the women in Ireland uh, and, more, and more to come. But it's more than that, Kieran. I think, it, you know, the cervical check scandal was a tipping point in our country in terms of women's health care. Mm. She has empowered a whole new generation to, to demand and to advocate for better health care, to demand transparency, to demand respect and dignity, and to never again have a situation where a small number of people will decide that, oh, you know, women can't handle the truth about their health care. And that, I hope we never see that again. And I, and I, and I you know, genuinely believe that because of Vicky Thielen's work and, you know, her handling of her own case and her own condition, that we now have a space in Ireland where women just said, you know what, we've had enough between all of the different scandals over the years, and there have been many. And that was the tipping point where we said enough is enough and we won't, we won't stand for it any longer. Um, you know, and we have we have better women's health care in this country because of that. And I think it's just an incredible legacy. And I just want to thank her. And I know so many women today are just deeply upset and devastated by her loss. Um, you know, it's been it's been yeah. felt right across the country. Um, you know, she just was she was an incredible person, and she has touched the lives of so many. And we're incredibly grateful for the work that she has done and the legacy that she has left behind. Yeah, and listen, of course, you're right to mention her family and Dr. Scally mentioned her family and it's interesting in the little clip we played where she was on the show after the Scally report was published, she mentioned her family as well and she mentioned Amelia, her daughter and uh, I read a quote out from her earlier after she was diagnosed the second time uh, in November, was it 2017 and she was told she had, you know, six months to live without treatment, possibly 12 months to live with treatment. And she made a decision there and then to fight to live as long as possible. And she wasn't doing it so she could get to court and make a settlement and make the headlines. She was doing it for her kids to be around as long as possible with her kids. They were first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, not only did she fight for herself, she fought for others. Um, you know, I think of her recent work with Charlie Bird on, you know, on, on MS and, and advocating for other patients and for better health care. She was just, you know, you know, a once in a generation individual. Um, she's inspired so many. And, you know, to us, she was an advocate. She was a campaigner. She was this inspirational person. But she, at the end of the day, she's a mum. She's a wife. She's got a family that are, are dealing with, you know, a terrible grief today. Um, you know, and I think that the country are mourning, are, are mourning with them. Listen, Lisa, we appreciate your time. Thanks a million for joining us. Lisa Chambers, a Fianna Fáil senator. And before Lisa, we heard from Gabriel Scali as well, the author of uh, the Scali Report and Professor of Public Health at the University of Bristol. This listener says, I remember listening to Vicky outside the courts that very first day. I remember it making me and all of my friends uh, talking about our smears, or God is talking about our smears and also getting them redone. She can be proud of the legacy she has left behind. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.